everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the director of content of Jets Twitter. <laughs> it's NYJ Matt. Mike, how are we feeling, buddy? I'm feeling good. Feeling, I'm feeling good. Really good. We have a we have a real coach. We have a 85 million cap. We have nine picks. Things are looking up. Things are good. We're going to get into the press conference and the coaching staff and all things Jets, but we are going to start off with season tickets, which is a question I get a lot in the DMs. Are they worth it? And Mike and I got season tickets a couple years ago, and I can say unequivocally they are worth it. And here's why. We'll, we'll get into a lot of reasons why, but take a, take a thought and, and think how much do you think they cost? For 10 games, 8 regular season, 2 preseason, and 10 parking passes. When I went into the stadium, me and Mike thought it was going to be around 1500 bucks, maybe even two grand. I thought it was going to be more. To be yeah, there. it was going to be a shit ton. And the one woman was like, it's $725. Now, we are at the goal line, so we're in like the corner of the stadium, so we have a great view of the entire field. We're in section 309, row like 8. So we have, like, in my opinion, pretty quality seats. They're not going to be front row, but I think they're a perfect spot for where the field is. And they said $725 and we like laughed it off and they're like, yeah, 725 each. And I'm like, all right, how many, how much fees, how many tax are we putting on it? And they're like, no, it's no taxes, no fees, 725 for that. And that they, blew- they renew it for like three years, right? I think yeah, you get it, that price. You get that price for three years and, and you know, what? it could go up with more games coming. Um, maybe it goes up to like eight or 900. I don't know. But think about when we went to games back in the day when we didn't have them. We would go on StubHub the morning of, or even a few days before, and you would pay like $110, $30 in fees, and then we'd go to buy the parking pass, and we always bought the wrong parking pass. We would buy the cheapest one, and instead of going to the lot, it would bring us to like a tailgating party that's like a mile from the stadium that has like shuttle buses. Yeah. It was always a train wreck, and you would spend like $150, $200, and that's not even including the beer, the food you get there, and you're pulling up to the stadium trying to figure out your phone. No, they send you parking passes in the mail, which you put right on your windshield, and you drive into the stadium with the tickets on the phone. It is the easiest thing possible, and I absolutely love it. It's really good. Sometimes you'll get screwed if there's, you know, the Jets are playing a bad team and it's 25 degrees, you don't want to go to the game. Mm-hmm. And if you were, if you did want to go to the game, you don't have season tickets, you could just go on StubHub, get them for like 40 bucks. But then, you know, Jets pass, the Jets are, you know, Jets are good. They're playing the Patriots, the Steelers, a big time game. Tickets are two hundred bucks. Can't go. Two hundred, three hundred bucks. We we have it for our you know seven hundred twenty five dollar total for the and the games you year. don't want to go to. Like my buddy lives up by MetLife, and for preseason, I just sent him my two tickets, and he's like, "Do you want me to pay for anything?" I'm like, "Oh no, bring a thirty pack next time you come over." And I just give him my tickets, and I I text it, and it's done. The games you can't make. There's a Dolphins game in. 2019 where they ended up winning at home in the black unis it was like 38 degrees a little rainy in the morning me and that's Mike the were like, pass interference game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. me and yeah. mike were like fuck it we're gonna watch at home we sold our tickets and yeah we only made like 50 bucks back or whatever we enjoyed the day and we enjoyed the day and we like watching games on tv so we don't mind it do the cbs music Oof. it's great then, if we're gonna give you our tickets though you know the whole hey bring a 30 rack next time you have to have good behavior as a jets fan mm-hmm. not in the stadium you have to have good, normal takes. Yeah, yeah. You, know. you can't be an asshole Jet fan and then get our yeah. tickets. 
we also we do an interesting we park in the orange lot and the, why the orange lot parking is fantastic is it's about a five minute walk from the actual parking lot like lot m but you park in this open lot there's a million cars you can literally park if you get there at 9 30 which we do directly in front and when the game's over you get out and you merge on to the highway it is unbelievable you are never waiting to get out we have it down to a science how to go to jet games now and it's incredible and mike made a great point about the patriots game i never went to a patriots game before because i didn't want to spend 180 dollars on a ticket plus fees plus beer plus parking and i'm like all right you know what i spent 280 dollars watching lose 38 to 3 like i don't want to do that so I can't even and and StubHub, you get the fees, you get the parking pass. It's just a train wreck, and we were floored by the the perks that we had because they basically said, "Hey, drive up to MetLife." We literally drove up to the gate. We walked in. This woman and I can, if you guys are listening, DM me. I can give the information. She literally walked us to our seat. Said, "Do you want them?" We said, "Bet." We signed, and then we <laughs> met Bart Scott, Tony Richardson, had dinner, played football on the field. Like awesome. it was awesome. Like you can't. You can't have a better way to give uh, season tickets to a fan than how they did it. Tony Richardson was saying cool stuff. Are you? What did you ask him? You said if yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> asked said if, if yeah. I asked if Tony Richardson was blocking for me and yeah. Bart Scott was trying to tackle us. Can we get <laughs> ten yards? And I thought they were gonna like like it more, and they started laughing. They're like, dude, I, probably you can get like ten yards because one on one blocking is run out to the side, but. <laughs> No, dude, I'm I'm telling you, man. Everyone that I've talked to, they they can't believe how easy it is. And the reason why I, we I want to do this quick, like 15 minute to start the episode is, I want more good fans there. Is that like crazy to say? Like, there's I want, a lot of road fans recently. So many road fans. It's actually a lot of games in 2019 that we went to. We pl- we played really good road teams. Traveling like fans. Pittsburgh yeah. travels well. The AFC East travels well. The Cowboys. Cowboys travel extremely well. The Browns traveled well in that Monday night game. It was tough. And Yeah, like you, you said, but the AFCs, but the Bills and Dolphins are annoying. The Bills fans are great. But Bills fans are incredible. Dolphins are my least favorite fans. Dolphins fans suck. They're not so passionate, Patriots. to be I honest. think Patriot fans are better than Dolphins fans. And I'll tell you why. When we sat... For the Patriots Monday night game, which was the first Patriot game I went to, we all know how that went down. Um, when we're when we're there, the Patriot fan Mike was like, "Why are you a Patriot fan?" He's like, "Oh, it's you know my fa- family and friends," and like we were trying to get a rise out of him, but he was like a non-self-aware. He's like, "I'm <laughs> like I'm, I love the football team," and we're like, "All right, you can't name like the middle linebacker, but that's fine. If, yeah. if he's like a dumb self-aware idiot, that's fine." Dolphins fans are like, "Dude." Why are you in New Jersey? I get like there's a lot of back and forth. My cousin's like a Dolphins fan. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, there's no reason to be a Dolphins fan when you like grow up in Central Jersey. I just don't get it. Yeah, even more so the Patriots though, because the well, the Dolphins suck. So at least you but know, a lot have... of Boston crossover. You'll see like a, a yeah. kid, like, random kid in high school who's a Red Sox uh, <laughs> Patriot, and then they'll find like the best um, NBA team. They'll be like a Warriors fan. <laughs> like yeah. they, they do like a weird combination. But no, I mean when you when you're growing up in the mid two thousands, which a lot of mid twenty people were, you gravitate toward teams that are doing good enough and pretty damn good. And then the Patriots win a string of Super Bowls, and the Red Sox had two in that decade. Oh, I hate that so much. It's it, tough, it just, man. But why aren't there? Where's all the? Uh, what's what's an, Where's all the Texans fans in New Jersey? Where are they? Where where are all the Lions fans? Like, go fuck yourself. You're a big Patriots fan. If you're not from Boston and 
you're a big Patriots fan in New Jersey or New York, you're an asshole. I think you have a we reason. You need a reason. Yeah. We talked about it. We, I, I think it's funny you brought up the Texans. I feel like I, if you go to list my family and friends and people I've met along the way, I feel like I've met every fan of an NFL team except for like the Texans. Like personally. Yeah. We were talking about this. The, do we know a Jaguars fan? Um, the kid that, uh, the girl that we're friends with started dating him. He's like a Jaguars Packers fan. Oh yeah. It's like a we. I mean, yeah. It's like I count it if. if well, yeah, yeah, sure. AFC and NFC team. I don't know, <laughs> but I I cannot stress enough. If you're listening and you want, you're you're thinking to yourself. I think if we bought season tickets and we wanted to flip them right off the bat, sell the Patriots game for two hundred, the Cowboys game went for one thirty where we were sitting. Yeah. We could have literally made our money back if we wanted to. So think of it yeah, like the Cowboys that game was so fun. Cowboys God, game was the best game it. I think I've been to live besides the twenty fifteen opener. Like it was awesome when we went to that game and and we me and mike do it right we get up early we get like the sandwiches beforehand we don't need we to did grill. The night before we, yeah we, we don't did. need to grill me and mike are <laughs> what's up with know. the grill me and mike are huge anti-grillers because why do you want to get propane the rocks the charcoal <laughs> the food you're cooking it up no get it's a like, jersey mike sub and then eat it at 11 30 like, it's like nine dollars you just bring it yeah i don't i don't get it but hey the people that we tailgate with they like to grow. We 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 will always nod. The games that me and Mike want to drink, we maybe carpool with a few buddies. The games that we have to drive ourselves, we go up the turnpike for an hour. We're at the game. It's very simple, and we get there at nine fifteen. We drink a probably a thirty of Bud Light, throw the football, eat twelve fifteen twelve thirty. I'm a huge get into the stadium guy early because we're yeah, there i always i'm like no nah, just wait a little more then we get in and we almost miss the game yeah because i look at it as every time <laughs> we get inside the stadium at like 12 35 we go up the escalator at 12 40 12 45 when you JTS look down chance. when you yeah. look down there's hundreds of people trying to get in and i'm like those are fucking idiots that are gonna miss kickoff we're not missing it because <laughs> dude the a great example is when the jets played the colts in 2018 um they, they, the first play, or maybe it was a third down play the on the first six. drive you, was a pick you missed six. It. I wasn't there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was in the stadium with my buddy who like took the seat that you were gonna sit in, and we were the stadium was empty and we saw it happen. It was awesome. It was so cool. So yeah, no, the Claypool pick six. Yeah, definitely get them. And Dude, we need like we just need some some intensity back, because the old Jet games. I, I'll never forget 2009. I'm going to a game. You are, this happens in 2015 also, but the Jets are good. People were up the, ele- the escalator. Or it was an elevator? No, it's an escalator. Yeah, it's an escalator. Escalator is one with the steps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Dude, so everyone's chanting J-E-T-S. People are freaking out, screaming. Like, you just feel great. Now it's like, you know, even in 2019, the cow- like the Cowboys game, for example, was great. What were we, 0-4 at that point? Yeah. And you're just, you know, it's 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 awesome. We're, we were pumped. You know, it's Sam's, you know, we're pumped Coming for Sam. Game, and 425 start. It was it, awesome. It, a lot of but it, it's just not the same. And that was the best game we've been to in the last couple of years. And it's tough because we went, we go to the, there's three night games that year that we went to. It was the Patriots Monday night. It was the Browns Monday night. And then we went to the Thursday 425 night. start for the Cowboys game. What's the Thursday night game? We played uh, the Ravens on Thursday night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In Baltimore. But, those three games with like the bright lights 
on the players. You're not beating down like hot sun at one o'clock against like the Dolphins. No, you're playing like primetime games against the Cowboys and Patriots. If they're over 500, those games, like, I don't even care if they win by three. Like, I feel like that's going to be the best game I'm going to watch. A primetime game under the lights being a, a powerhouse. And if you look at the 2021 opponents at home, you have Buccaneers. You could see Tom Brady and the Jets. That's going to be a very fun home game. The Saints, you probably won't have Drew Brees, but uh, has he officially retired? I know it's like going to happen. I think he's going to. Yeah. yeah. The Titans and Jaguars. Titans and Jaguars are two teams. The Titans obviously are a strong team. I don't know how they're going to handle without Arthur Smith running that offense, but the Jaguars, you'll see Trevor Lawrence most likely play. Bengals, if you get them late in the year, probably Joe Burrow would be back. Bills, Dolphins, Patriots. So I don't. I'm not like terrified. Like obviously the Buccaneers and Titans are good teams. Saints without Drew Brees, Bengals and Jaguars. All winnable games. All winnable games. Even and the Bucks. Look- we'll see what happens. With the, it's hard. Like that Bucks team is is just old, and they're all either great team. And this year was was interesting because a, a number of teams could have won the Super Bowl. Absolutely. So. What a good parody year. The NFL, I so. have always said they've done an incredible job. I get some slack for saying how great the NFL did this season, not having to cancel a game, protocols, everything. I think they did fabulous. And a lot of people are like, oh, so many people got COVID. Like they did a, like an eh job. Like, dude, you just watched the NFL play a whole year through a pandemic. Yeah. Imagine the Jets didn't play football this year. Probably be a good thing. But <laughs> realistically, if if the season was canceled and we didn't know how it was going to turn out, we'd be devastated having to wait until September of 2021. But then the road games next year, Falcons on the road, Panthers on the road, Texans maybe a coming home game for Sean Watson, Colts, Broncos, and then the rest of the AFC East. That's a very favorable schedule for us right Not now. Terrible. Who the fuck knows going to happen? I mean, And the 17th game, I... I'm pretty sure it's the Eagles. If I'm, it's right. I think what it's, is it? The same team. It's a team finishing the same record as us in their division. Yep. The other conference. Yep. That we don't play. Well, don't we play the NFC East? We played the years? NFC East in 2019. Yeah, right. So we played. I think how they're starting it, and the way they've staggered it is they're doing like the NFC East is the division that we start with in 2021, and then we'll play the Eagles because they came in last. Yeah, because the NFC divisions take four years to rotate through. AFC takes three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I remember you tweeted about the Eagles. Hey, I think that's, I think that's a, a good preview for season tickets. DM us if you're interested. Get season tickets and come drink with us in the parking lot. That's all we want to do. So bad. Throw the football, drink, watch the Jets. Win football games. Win football games. I love it. I love. We're going to win some football games. I I think we will, and that's a good transition to the introductory press conference of head coach Robert Salah. Dude, he sounded good. He's uh, surprising because it's not like the type of guy that he has the energy on the sideline where he's like a full blown maniac. You think he's going to come in here like we're going to kill everyone? We're going to as Dan Campbell said, bite off kneecaps, and he was just like, I, I like the Dan Campbell speech, and I, I talked. I was. I said, I don't mind it. I said some shit about him on our last podcast that we put up, I think, Monday. And look, but still, even if so, the, the premise was even if we had gotten like a guy like Dan Campbell, we would have had to talk ourselves into it. We don't have to talk ourselves into Robert Salah. We, we don't have our guy. He's our guy. And he was well spoken. Very was, calm. He, he seems like a leader of men. Everyone is reposting on the Jets. The key players that you need to keep happy, Mackay backed in, Quinton Williams, Darnold reposted, Marcus May. Like the, the whole team is in. He sounds like a leader of men. He's not like 
on the sidelines, a rah-rah type guy. In the locker room, he's like, I want these players to get paid. I want them to live their life, be happy. At the end of the day, look back on the career and love being a Jet. Everything he said just felt genuine, and it is a 180 of Adam Gates as a person, as a motivator, as a leader. And then the, the mantra of all gas, no break. Oh, I mean, it's I so a, fucking good. I got a speeding ticket, and my three-month-old in the back said all gas, no break, and got me out of it. <laughs> that tweet got 2,500 likes, and I, <laughs> I can't believe how many people thought that was real. You text me, you're like, I think people are going to take this literally. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people were joking, too. The one, like, the one guy was like, three- dude, three-month-old? LOL, sure. And I was like, yeah. my, my kid's different. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was a, a home-run press conference, the opposite of Adam Gase. And the coaching staff is pretty damn cool. It's good. <laughs> pretty Russ, damn cool. I like what they're doing. Samini had a good point. He's a little inexperienced. But, I mean, there are guys – like, there were just zeros on our last staff. Like, Dowell Loggins didn't do anything. I mean, the fact that he even has, ended up calling some plays was disturbing. You know, it was like leaving your kids, you know, you have kids, you go out to dinner, and you leave, like, a seven-year-old in charge right. to babysit. Like, I have no faith that Dowell Loggins was going to do anything. Like, if, you know, God forbid we have to fire Robert Saul at some point, you could bring Mike LaFleur. And it's not even a scenario for next year, but just as an example, like when the Jets couldn't fire Adam Gase because they didn't even have an interim coach. What, we're going to have Jim Bob Cooter? I mean, it's ridiculous. You're spot on. You're spot on. And another problem with uh, one weird thing that keeps getting thrown out there is, oh, you're, you're hiring Mike LaFleur, and then two years from now he's going to get a head coaching job. That would be fucking great. That's what we want. <laughs> like, Dude, that means he was great. Yeah. What are we going to hire the shitty offensive coordinator? Unbelievable. It's the same thing with the Penny Sewell argument, which which I agree with you more on the LaFleur thing. But even a little bit less, people are like, why are you going to draft Penny Sewell? He's going to be so great, and then you're not going to be able to pay him. Like, oh, we shouldn't take a guy in the draft because he's going to be too good? Like, what the fuck? Unbelievable. Come it's- on. And it's not only, like, weird mainstream Jet guys, but, like, other teams are like, haha, good signing. He's going to be gone two years. I'm like, fucking bet. I hope he is. <laughs> yes, we yeah. literally want that. That's what we want. And then you take the offensive principles from the next guy. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about Mike LaFleur is he was, he's been behind Shanahan for seven years. Seven I, years. Imagine like being next seven to days. a smart dude for seven years. You literally know everything about their game plan, their thought yeah. process, and you implement that yourself. And obviously people are huge fans of John Benton the offensive line yes. game the, coordinator. These offensive line coaches make such a difference. You look at a guy like Bill Callahan with the Browns. Oh my God. They, they go anywhere and it's just, it changes things. And look, and the Jets have some talent up front and they're going to add to it. You know, Joe Douglas is going to do it. I agree. And then you have Miles Austin, um, the QB coach. I believe it's Rob Cal, Cal Breeze. <laughs> I don't know. How to I don't know it, much but... about him. He he has a lot of, you know, good good things said about him. Dan Orvlowski had a post this morning about him, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Jeff Ulbrich. I I don't know a ton about him. I just remember him at UCLA, and I, I tweeted out the clip of him fighting with Mara. He yeah. seems like a maniac, which well, is he was, good. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, he was a. I mean, he was the a linebacker for the 49ers for nine years, and he started a bunch of games, and he was a pretty solid player. And then last year, he took over as the Falcons defensive coordinator and the Falcons defense played well in the second half of the year. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but look, it's so Albrecht's going to call the plays, which I love. Mm-hmm. So 
I tweeted about this also, but you look at some of the last few Jets coaches and they're just too, you know, I'm fine. If you want to hire a coach who's a mastermind of one side of the football and they want to really imprint themselves on that side of the football, I get it. And it's, and it could be good for the team. And then, you know, you hire a cool coordinator on the other side of the ball and, you know, hopefully that guy leads well, but the last few coaches the Jets have had, Rex Ryan was all about the defense. And there were obviously a lot of questions with him developing Sanchez and the offense, and it just wasn't on par. Todd Bowles comes in, same thing. Supposed to be, a, you know, this huge defensive guy. The offense faltered, and then the defense just wasn't good anyway. The Jets finished 25th or worse the last three years with Todd Bowles, which, and then people say, oh, Todd Bowles is so great, whatever. Right. And then Adam Gase and his ridiculous offense uh, the last couple of years. So, you know, he's really just, I mean, he wasn't even you know, distance from half the team, he was like just a loner by himself, but really, you know, he was focusing on the offense and Greg Williams was like the coach of the defense. Now we have a guy who let Olberg call the plays on defense, let LeFleur call the plays on offense. And Robert Sala is the head coach of the team. He's going to, like you say, leader of men. I'm, I'm happy about that. I think it's good. And it's not like he's not going to have a chance to, you know, imprint on the team or his principles. It's going to be all him going to be his scheme what he wants what he did in in uh san francisco and then you're going to have Ulbrich calling the play so i'm happy with it. i think it's a good decision for him early to distance himself from that you know mm. pigeonholing himself yeah he trusts his coaching staff he hired them for a reason you don't hire a coach like dow loggins where <laughs> you make him call no plays and then talk to the quarterback a little bit very weird but to your point about the past coaches of the Jets, I think three things define you as a coach. First off is performance. Are you guys playing well? Then are you a motivator? And then three, do your players like you? So if you look at Rex Ryan, he hit all three. They played well under him for the first two, three years. He was a motivator. And the players loved him. You look at Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, the players really did like Todd Bowles. Not mm-hmm. really a motivator. And the performance wasn't there. Adam Gates was 0 for 3. They did not perform well. Did not motivate anyone. The players hated him. Now you have... <laughs> Now you have our new guy, right? Yeah. Performance. We don't know that yet, but since he's been a defensive coordinator, the performance has been great. So that's check that one off for now. Motivator. Hell of a motivator. Players yes. like him. Everyone loves him. So yeah. it's just a perfect combination where I'm seeing this team trend and to maybe they can be the 2008 or 9 Jets. So they're not, I'm not saying 2009 Jets if they're going to make the AFC Championship game, but I'm saying that type of team where you have a group of younger guys and a potential young quarterback that you can build around the coach who's a motivator. I think it's a very, very strong possibility this team can win over six, seven games and then surprise people. Who knows if they win eight or nine? We went through the schedule. Is it that tough? And then you get to sign guys and you get to draft new guys. And we can look at this team and say, okay, this team can make some noise with a new head coach. The opportunities there. There's obviously, I mean, the Jets are going to, either way, even if you move on from Sam or whatever you do with the quarterback position, the team is going to look completely different in a few months because there's just not a lot of guys you're going to plug in as starters on the roster right now on defense. You have your foundation mm-hmm. because Mosley's going to come back. Your defensive line is set. Quinn JFM, Kyle Phillips, uh, Foley. You have your defense line is set. Your linebacking core, at least you have Mosley in the back end. At least you have Bryce Hall. You know, bless Austin's going to be on the roster. Marcus you're probably going to have Marcus that. May. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have Ashton Davis. You have a lot of guys that are going to play. On offense, uh, I think Joe Cap was tweeting about this too the other day. What do you have? Just you have Beckton, you know is going to start. You have Mims, who you know is going to start, or at least you know be the third guy. McCovern, 
McGovern is going to start as your center. And then, and I mean, maybe Crowder? Crowder, maybe. probably, but, you know, if the Jets draft a receiver and then sign one of these top guys, Crowder's going to get cut. It's just going to happen. Most likely. So, and I hope it doesn't happen, but it's who Chris Herndon is going to be on the roster in some capacity. Uh, you just don't know. Maybe Fant will come back, but I'd rather go out and get another tackle, to be honest. I liked Fant, and I think his contract is okay, but you're still paying him, you know, around $10 million a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like we said last offseason, get Jack Conklin, pay him $4 million more. We We had... Twenty-five million dollars sitting in the sitting around. Yeah, very frustrating. A lot of people have been saying, and like reputable sources of the Jets, how they handled the cap last year. We were like, why does it matter? Isn't it just gonna? Right, if you do a one-year deal, hypothetically, uh, it's just gonna kind of go away. Like we said for Clowney at the time, we said if we just get Clowney for one year, twelve, thirteen million, does it matter in twenty twenty-one about that cap? It's off anyway. A lot of people are saying the way that the cap went down. The Jets are positioned the best team in the NFL, along with a team like the Jaguars and a little bit like the Browns. I don't know how the Browns have unlimited money, but they're positioned so well to make a run at good guys, not like the the automatic guys that like once a free agent they go. Like I think a guy like Mosley was that right. The guy's gonna get a huge contract. I think the Jets are gonna get a lot of solid guys to build, and then I feel like the last offseason there's a lot of average guys right fam you didn't even know if he was average he might have been below average mcgovern a little bit above average pierre Desir, you thought he was average a lot of average guys i think and was, then even the guys we re-signed like jordan jenkins yep and, perryman you know, was also signed it, it, pool it, is probably is, a, is above average i hope we re-sign pool yeah one year is five million for pool to steal hopefully he doesn't get dehydrated next offseason but every i think time. every time two in a row un- unbelievable it's how unbelievable. is that possible it's fucking drink water uh <laughs> i think um the main thing that I want to see is obviously I kind of want to know what's happening at quarterback sooner than later. We need I, it. We're I not going to know until the draft, which sucks. Well, which also sucks because what, what it's we'll got to be before, before that, right? We'll know before the draft because what we'll do is I think position A and in hearing Douglas's response to interviews in the case show and the fan and Robert's a lot too. I think a big thing they were saying was every time they got brought up to Sean Watson, they were like, look, we can't tell another player on our team. We explore all options. You know how, like, that if we get a call, we're going to take it. But if you're a new head coach and you have a chance to get a top five quarterback in the league, and I think the Jets are positioned as a top two team to get him, I think the call is going to be made. I think to move off of Sam for an unknown rookie, a lot of people love that. A lot of people think that's very troubling. Instead of having that weird line of 50-50, if you can go ahead and get the Sean Watson, it alleviates all that stress that you're dealing with about what makes to do. It makes it so much easier. It makes it much easier. But then you lose all your draft capital, and I'm all in for Watson. Mm-hmm. This is My take has been, and I think yours is similar, you're, the beginning of this take will be, you'll agree with at least for sure. So last year, beginning of the year, Sam's our guy, the savior of our franchise. He played well, he played well enough his rookie year, he made some strides his second year, finished six and two down the stretch, ended up with decent numbers. His 16-game pace in 2019 was 24 touchdowns, 3,700 yards, 62% completion. Sure. Year three with the worst coach of all time. And he did that with Gase, too, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Year three, worst coach of all time, didn't work, bad roster, everything went to shit. Jets had a horrifying year. Joe Flacco wasn't 
you could everyone said oh Joe Flacco was so good. He was 0 4 and he had like a 52 percent completion percentage, and he had one good half against the Patriots. I don't want to hear it. Disaster. Whole year was a disaster. And- early 20 mm-hmm. early 2020, we did not want to move on from Sam because he was our guy. Throughout the year, we said okay. If this continues, we'll be okay with Trevor. We are, we were okay with Trevor. Didn't end up getting number one pick. I don't want a rookie quarterback. I would be okay with Trevor or Deshaun Watson. Like if you're going to move on from Sam, it's got to be for the generational guy, Trevor, or Deshaun Watson, who's obviously great. Mm-hmm. Give me a proven commodity. Because uh, what's the like next year? There's always going to be a set. Like if you have a generational guy like Trevor Lawrence in the draft, there's always going to be a guy who's the second quarterback. It, factually, yeah, someone's gonna be ranked second just because we have the third, the second pick. We have a young quarterback who's twenty three. I rather maximize that pick, trade back, or take one of these maniac guys. Take Devonta Smith, take Penny Sewell. I don't give a shit. Take a crazy guy, and and try it again with Sam. And then if not, next year. And look, and I I got I ripped the Giants for not taking a quarterback in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. But it was different because there were four really good prospects and Lamar Jackson, who went later. But there were four really good prospects in 2018. There was one really good prospect, one unbelievable prospect this year, and Fields and Wilson on a, a completely different pain. Yeah, uh, I, I think it was beautifully stated. I think when you talk about Sam's first three years, the first part is – Sam needed to play better in 2020 despite all the dysfunction around him. I think yes. you agree with that. I agree with that. It wasn't the year that we thought he was going to have. And then yeah. the people that did tweet in September September 1st of 2020 saying that he was our guy, they baked in the first two years. And you made a good point at that. And I've been saying that for a while. They baked in the first two years. So two years through, you liked him. Year three, don't like him. That's fine if you want to take a quarterback. I completely understand it. My point is point blank. I would trade the pick back if sure. I don't get Deshaun Watson. And 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 I think my point is I if I trust Joe Douglas and this new coaching staff, if they're like, look, Zach Wilson is a guy that we can build this offense around, reset the rookie play clock, like they were saying. Or I I I, I would say contract. Okay, you mean the rookie con- rookie the contract. contract? I trust yeah. those guys to make that call what's best for their team. I think some Jets fans are starting to realize, well, if Deshaun Watson doesn't happen. Sam fits in pretty well with his LaFleur system. It's very simple. If I get two first-round picks and two seconds, and people have projected not only two first and two seconds, but maybe a third, maybe three ones and two twos. A lot, like the Draft Network had a huge mock of the Jets moving back to 11 and getting three ones, three twos. And if I get that... How could we not do that? We have like seven first-round picks. I think, I think for you to tell me that you wouldn't do that trade you would have to value Zach Wilson and Justin Fields as high as Trevor Lawrence to, to not move back that far. So I, I'm, I'm a very simple man. I would take to Sean Watson one. If you give me two first, three first, and two seconds, I would trade back second. Then it comes down to I trust the coaching staff to do what they're going to do. And that's it. I can't affect it. And I think we're going to have the timeline of a lot of rumors are going to come out. You'll see, and all the Jet fans think they're so fucking smart sometimes. And I, I, not <laughs> that was a very general statement. But here's the point. where They're like, oh, everything comes out as smoke. Yeah, no shit. We don't know what's going to happen. They're <laughs> no, like, no. oh, oh, they're going to talk highly of Sam so they get the trade value up. Okay, who cares? Like, are, you think you're solving like a, the fucking like, world hunger here? Like, we get could. that. We get that. So 
I, I think we're going to find out in February. There's going to be some rumors. We all know how it happens. And then we're going to find out in around March, is Deshaun Watson really going to get traded? They're gonna, there's going to be a few weeks. If he is going to get traded, they're probably going to go full court press for him. If they don't, then they're going to look at the quarterbacks at the virtual combine. Sam won't be touched. And then early April, you want to know what draft capital you're going to have. So I think they would either say we're going to keep Sam and make a crazy trade back. And we'll know what other teams have done in free, ag- in free agency because there's yep. a lot of teams that need quarterbacks now. And then, and then exactly. So you wait until free agency in early or mid-March. In early April, I think they're going to either trade back for a, a, a big, big haul or, which is very possible, they trade Sam for a second-round pick. And I don't think that it's, there's any truth to Sam going for a third or a day three. I think he's going to go for a second-round pick if they trade him to a team like the Colts, a team potentially. I don't think the Saints could really afford to even take yeah. on a QB's contract in year four. I think he's going to move, and that's just my call. We'll find out more if there was a button right now to fast forward to that time. I would get rid of all the events in my life during that point. I'll like miss all of it, like click remote, and I'll just fast forward to when we find out what's going to happen at quarterback because then we can have normal discussions on Twitter again. I don't even like, yeah. touch into this subject because – if you even suggest trading back, people are like, oh, you're, you're, you can't, you, you love Sam, whatever. I'm like, no, I think that's really valuable for the team, and here's why. And then they go crazy. Because if you trade back for, if you trade back those picks, it, your entire franchise can change with this new head coach. And Douglas loves drafting people. We know that. He wants all the picks. So if yeah, we really traded back for three ones and two twos, that means we gained two ones because we swapped one of the ones. Right. So we have what, five, no, six first-round picks in the next two years? Six first-round picks in the next two years. Now, well, it would probably be, well, one of the teams would have to trade a two first in one of these drafts. So it'd have to be a team that could do that. But, geez, sure. I mean, My point is that if they don't trade Sam, I want to tell the people that are mad about it, you, you talk highly of this new coach, you talk highly of Joe Douglas, they made this decision. Let's ride, baby. Well, the other thing is, too, there are a lot of fans that, especially the fans that were fans of Sam coming into this year, which most people were, if you say, hey, let's let Sam go somewhere else, I think he's going to be successful here, there, wherever, just do what it takes to make Sam successful here. If you think he's going to have success elsewhere, just replicate what the other team would have given him because you have the assets to do it. And then there's another there's a guy, Paul, who's great. Paul Riley is a good uh, guy on Twitter who makes very good points. He said he said that his take is that Darnold is a turnover machine, was in college, has been the first three years, was never always rooted for him, was never fully on the train. If that's your take, that is okay for you to move on from Sam, mm-hmm. 100%. I get frustrated when the people use revisionist history. So they say Sam was bad this year. He was also bad the first two years. No, you loved him the first two years and he looked good. Right. You can't be hypocritical. And I think Nania has a great take on it too. When we talked with Nania in the off season, we were talking about what he feels Darnold can be. And we were very high on Darnold. And Nania was like, look, I think he has shown a lot of promise over the first two years. He's like, I'm very concerned about his turnovers. I'm very concerned of him in the system, and I think it's going to make him regress. And he was very honest with it. So I, I give him a lot of credit for 
having that take be when we were all high and mighty and we were telling like nanny this guy's gonna be here for 12 years he was like <laughs> his he's like he has a path that he can go and he actually said his floor was Jameis winston which is a very high floor but he was saying more along of turning the ball over and not making it to that second contract so nanny has been pretty consistent there's a lot of consistent guys out there i just i i just i never get behind them we've been terrible. consistent <laughs> too which is good our take again was that we're we're okay with moving on from Sam after he showed after he really played poorly this year we would move on from him for a generational guy like Trevor or the proven 25 year old stud like Deshaun and to that Paul guy he can say if he says look I I did like Sam I valued him the first two years I think it's time that he's been regressed this much that we you can say that too you can say that absolutely I completely get it most of the people who have that take say let Sam go somewhere else and be successful. If Sam's going to be successful somewhere else, don't trade, don't waste the second pick of the draft on another guy. You're the second pick of the draft. The Jets have never, have we, what do we have the second pick one time? They just have a top three pick like four times in their history. Yeah. Who's the second pick? I like that um, Salah and Darnold have spoke. They spoke on the phone multiple times. He said, going to get him into the office. It's going to, be all right. We're gonna have an entire offensive coaching staff look at the end of scouts, look at Fields, look at Wilson, look at Darnold. And people forget I know Darnold's 23, but having 38 NFL games under his belt, he's seen a lot of ups, he's seen a lot of downs. I think having that time playing football, as much as you can regress and he's broken, whatever. You see the field a lot, and if you throw in a 21-year-old player there that has only played against Big Ten, it it, it, it or the, you know schools like BYU played, if you have 38 games under your belt and he's still 23, do you say okay, you know what? There's a lot that we can still solve for here, and if you do that trade back and you get a guy like like Jamar Chase with the way Devontae Smith and and Waddle have been playing, he, Jamar Smith. Or Jamar Chase can go 11th overall. Like it was supposed very to be possible. the top five guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's very possible. So if you, it, it comes down to like, what if you trade back and you get Darnold and you get Jamar Chase and say you do sign on Robinson and then you have to unfortunately move off Crowder and you have Robinson, you have Mims, you have Chase. Jamar Chase, you Ooh. have Beckton, you trade back, so you have another first round pick and another one next year, another one the year after. You have two more first round picks this year. Yeah. It. it I mean, it's ridiculous. Look, I, I think the, the and you have a, yeah yeah go ahead go ahead no no because no, I was saying you have an offensive coordinator who's going to make things easy for Sam a lot yeah. of motion. I think if I'm a betting man, a lot of the people in the draft are going to get built through the offense, and the free agency are going to be plug-in pieces on defense. So you're going to re-sign May. You're going to try to get like an edge rusher for an okay deal, maybe get another corner. And then I think you the need first, another corner. I think Richard I, Sherman's going to come here. I mean, it's fine, absolutely. but just don't just don't pay him like. Richard Sherman. Douglas won't not. do that. Douglas yeah. won't. And he was, hey, Sherman was the number one coverage corner in 2019. So yeah. the guys, even if he is half of what he is, yeah. it's better than having number one be plus Austin, right? right? So if you do that plug-in, I would love for the top 33 players, three of them, say, all right, here's an example. Say there's 33 picks, right? That we have three picks in the top 33. Or say 30, we have the 34th, right? Yeah. So in the top 34, 17 hypothetically are offensive players, 17 are defensive players, just like the 50-50 split. If the Jets go offense the top first three, whether it be a receiver, a offensive lineman, maybe a running back, you have three of the top 17 offensive players in this draft on your team. If you can't get explosive plays off of that, 
and you already have Mims and then you have Crowder potentially and you have Becton. It's a it's a very interesting proposition. I think so that's three starters on offense. So we said before we have like three or four starters on offense that we feel comfortable with going into next year. That scenario now you're up to six six or seven, you know, and then you plug in a tight end, and then you you know maybe you have the money to go after Joe Thune and you plug him in. Maybe you get a guard later on that starts. You know, then your offense starts to come together. We're talking through some things here. Like, we're, yeah. we're making some really good fucking points here. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking feels... that we're going to one day be scouts inside the Jets organization and not yeah. really know how, like, I couldn't tell you guys technique and what. Maybe we don't need technique. You just do it. Whatever. Yeah, let's, let's take three offensive players. Like, who gives a fuck? Why don't we just take like, three like, offensive yo, wait, guys? Point. Three to the top 17, possibly. Three out of 17, that's like whatever 17 percent dude i think the panthers did that last year the panthers were like fuck it let's just take only defensive guys in the draft i mean they, they did Brown, i know that no they literally did take only defense but i think that was their philosophy and then they signed robbie anderson yeah. they already knew they had mccaffrey Bridgewater they got teddy bridgewater we have enough receivers i like that yeah <laughs> i feel good Fun, fun days ahead. I can't fucking wait till we know who our quarterback is because then we can actually build this roster if we know what picks we have. All right, say we trade Darnold. All right, we have number two. We're going to have a quarterback at two. Let's see what else we can take. It's going to be a lot more fun. I don't think Watson – I think I would – we didn't talk about like a Watson deal. My take has been consistent from the beginning. You get the number two overall pick. You get the Seattle at 23. You get a future one, and I want that to be Seattle's one. Yeah. And you get a third. I would three do ones it. and a three. And I, have to I, do it. I think that is the going rate because I don't think any team that has cap space can give them more than that besides the Dolphins and Jets. And the Dolphins do have two firsts this year. So if you're in a bidding war, you might have to give up your one instead of the Seattle one the next but year. But you can. You literally can. If the Jets really want to get Watson and he just won't, you know, if, if Watson wants to go to Miami instead of the Jets, what are you going to do? And, and that has a factor in the situation. Because he has a no-trade clause. Right. I can't be hypocritical because I tell people that you have to hear both sides. You have to be rational in your argument. The people that say that the Jets have more holes to fill than just the quarterback is when you have the chance of getting to Sean Watson. You have to do it. It's pretty crazy. Like it's You have to crazy. do it. Come on. I mean, and it's not like the Jets, you're going to use every single asset. We still have a lot of assets, and you have to factor in. If the Jets do get Watson, you're going to trade Sam for something. A second round pick is not bullshit. All I would do, all I would do, is is be like, all right, bro, here we go, ready? Twenty, it's August, say July of 2020, and you tell someone, look, Sam's gonna have a career bad year. He's gonna be really bad. And Jamal Adams is still in the roster. Give up Jamal on a future one, and you get Sean Watson. They're <laughs> like, wait, what? Like you're telling me that Donald's gonna be horrible next year, and we're gonna get Jamal Adams and a one for Deshaun Watson. And you'll say yes, and then they're going to do it. Like they were like, "Oh, absolutely, do that." Not you're not going to think about how many holes are on your roster. Jamal Adams in a one, <laughs> like that's what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the Jets, and for people saying that it's not enough, you know, like people, some people have been saying, "Look, the Jets gave up two ones for Jamal. What are you going to have to give?" Or the Jets got two ones for Jamal. What do you have to give for Deshaun? You're not factoring in. This is the second pick of the draft, so it's even more. So it, I mean, you're right. And then, yeah. but, but people who refute that, we're not giving, you know, Seattle's giving us two picks that we're probably going to land in the 20s. We're giving the second pick 
and two ones. And, yeah, you know, because, like, what do the Dolphins have? The fifth pick from the Texans? Or is it the fourth? I think it's the third. I think it's the, is it the fucking third pick? I think it's the third. That's the problem. On. That, that hurts. Because I was going to say, if you move down from five to two, that's still you have to Bengals trade so much. fucked themselves over getting Seawall. So I think that's why the Dolphins ended up at three. Dolphins picks. I typed that into football reference. That's not going to work. Dolphins picks. What do they have? Let's see. I think they do have the third pick. Oh, come on. It just says round one from Houston. <laughs> I think it's the third. 2021 NFL draft order. Is it really the third? I think yeah, it's, it's the third. On, see, that's my problem with That's Miami. so bad. Yeah, that's it's tough. The worst. But then... Fuck, what a trade. They don't get their pick of the guy. Houston. Because if they do the trade with Miami, guess what? We're taking a quarterback probably. Yeah, they got to trade like us. that. Are the, the Dolphins really going to take a quarterback two instead of Tua? Maybe that's why they're making those rumors. No, I don't think – I think what I'm saying is if the Dolphins trade with the Texans, the Texans are in a bind. Now they have the third pick, right? No, I agree with you, but, like, could the Dolphins also take a quarterback? I don't think I don't think they would at all unless they get Watson. Like, that, I mean, that would be them getting a quarterback. If Tua or Watson isn't the day one starter, barring injury in Miami, He's something not. went horribly wrong. Yeah, or if it's the Fitzpatrick cycle restarted. What was Tua? What pick was Tua? Is it, it was the, the sixth pick, right? Fifth. Six and him and Herbert were in same area. Think about moving off Rosen after just taking him at eleven. They're going to move off two after taking him at five or six potentially. Like that can't happen unless it's Deshaun Watson. And if you're Houston, do you want to say fuck Tua? He's had weird injury problems. He didn't look fantastic, even though I think people are a little tough on Tua in his first few games because you I mean he's been winning games. He hasn't been winning it pretty. He's an asshole. He said it's so easy. Fuck him. But even, though that, even though that was like taken out of context, still fuck him. Right, but <laughs> he if, also was fifth, by the way. So if so, here's the thing though: is if you're the Texans, you're a guy. Am I bought in on Tua? Say, say Deshaun Watson says, you know what? I you can trade me to Miami or New York. I'm fine with either one. Yeah. If you're the Texans, do you say, okay, we're trading with Miami at three? Right. So you rather, rather trade with the Jets. You literally rather trade with the Jets because the problem is if you give him. If you the Texans trade three and they don't get, I guess they would get Tua there. But what if they don't like Tua? And what if they're like, I don't fucking love him. He has a weird hit thing. I want my own quarterback. But now you have the third pick, and the Jets have the second pick. So Lawrence off the board, quarterback at two for the Jets. Now the Texans either have Tua or the third best quarterback in the draft. I think they'd say, look, we'll take the team that has a ton of first round picks as well. They have an extra one that they can give us for Seattle the following year, and then they have a ton of money. Deshaun Watson loves New York. I I. Every time I talk about it, I go from like a 20% chance to like a 35% chance. I mean, also, it depends if like Josh McCown is the coach of the Texans. He would love Sam. You know, he would. Sam's his guy. That's a weird story, too. I think Josh McCown's under contract with the Texans. Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. I hope he. I, I hope he is the coach. He deserves. He's, he was, oh, oh, dude, Josh McCown's the fucking best. He was a great fucking Jet. There's people that. I can't. They're, they're, we I know what you're going to say. You're, people are tweeting that they should hire certain other candidates because for reasons other than football reasons, and it's nauseating. Well, I think a big thing, too, is what I'm getting at, too, is I, I, just, I have such a, a good spot. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm choking. Okay. I, I, there's such a good spot for Jet players that came in here, veterans, that helped our team get better, and they weren't scumbags the entire time. So, like, a, a huge example for me 
is Brandon Marshall. Comes in here. He's supposed to be a head case. He's just a great, productive player. Good locker room guy. Got out of there. Talked great about the Jets after. Yep. Thank you, Brandon Marshall. Josh McCown. Good locker room guy. Got in there. Made the Jets better. Thank you, Uncle Josh. You know who could do that next? Richard Sherman. Imagine yeah. Bryce Hall learning behind Richard Sherman. Like, it is a huge, valuable. And then, I know Jet fans, some of them are kidding, but we should keep Revis's name out of this discussion. Because I don't Dude, like how people I are like... I hate Richard Sherman so much, but I'm, I tweeted about that, too. I, I'm all, I mean, I will love him if he's on the Jets, but I have not liked him in the past. Not even for the Revis thing. He's such a... He bothered me when he was on the the Seahawks team was obnoxious. Yeah, I, it's it's such a weird. I've been a lot less harsh on Richard Sherman, I think, than you have. And I, the reason I think that is sometimes when you listen to him in post game, like the Stanford comes, like he is so smart when it comes to football stuff. He gives back to the community. He does a lot of good things. And then he sometimes will have that drop of just being a little too cocky. Obviously, the the Aaron Andrews interview is huge, but. If he's a guy that maybe looks back and be like, I made some dumb mistakes, that's what a number one corner does usually. Besides Revis, they're a huge talker. They're a maniac. And we've seen that with Josh Norman. We saw that with Jalen Ramsey. Even though I think Ramsey has been, since he got to the Rams, I think he's been very professional. Uh, so I, I would love for a guy like Bryce Hall and Bless Austin to have arguably the best cornerback of the past six years. Like, take Prime Revis out of it. If you go, the, the guy, and he had some injuries, but the guy who has been the nonstop corner for the past seven years, the top three has to be Richard Sherman. So yep. it's, it's, a, it's a huge, valuable move for your team. I don't think you're signing him for three years to be the number one guy always. I think you can give him a two-year deal and let a ton of young corners learn. He knows the scheme that um, Salah wants to play. He knows the ins and outs of everything and, and how to help the younger guys. So I'm looking forward to it. Look at the guys that blossom under the 49ers cornerbacks. They were great this year. And I, I'm not saying Sherman taught them everything, but it's pretty fucking cool to have him in the locker room. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. We're going to get him. Very cool. I think cool. he's going to come to the Jets. This has been a long pod. Yeah. We had a lot to discuss. It's been healthy. I've, I've enjoyed this. <laughs> we need to do a, a, a snake order and snake draft soon. Yeah, once it gets closer, because we just don't know. Like, it's gonna, you're right. Know. Like, it's gonna be. We just have no idea. Once you have a any, we need more of an idea of what they're gonna do with the quarterback. A little bit more of an idea. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. I keep having like weird. Like, I drank a bottle of red wine last night and just, like finished it. And I, I sat in bed and I just kept thinking about what the Jets are gonna do at quarterback. Yeah. And I had like dreams about it. So it, I just want. We need it. We'll get we there soon, but. Hope the Bucks lose. Hope the Bills lose. Yeah, who do you? What, what's your? I mean, it's obvious, right? You want you want Chiefs, Packers, and then maybe the Packers to win it. For yeah, rather Rodgers. the Packers, and I'm getting. I, uh, the Chiefs are not unpleasant, but I'm getting sick of them. But They're Aaron so Rodgers, similar man. to the Warriors, man. Yeah, it's when annoying. The, Steph the, Curry, oh, the stupid mouthpiece biting. And that's fucking. Mahomes. He like jump on Tyreek Hill's back, and he'll. It's like, yeah. dude, you're up by like 35. Like, shut the fuck yeah, up. He's, he's getting corny. I have to look at him in State Farm commercial every second. And like, I do. And Aaron Rodgers also is in the State Farm commercial. So. I do like Pat Mahomes as a dude. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. But no, you're right. So, there's a little, and I like Steph Curry when he was, but there's a little cockiness where I'm like, all right, I hope LeBron wipes them in five. Yeah, and that's not, yeah, and it's not even the style of play that I like. Like, I never liked Steph Curry flashy three-point shooting. I always like defense and ruggedness and, like, whatever. Because ah. the new NFL, I, I want defense. I have too many pass interferences, too much every rule for offense. You, know you have to do? score 38 points every game. It's annoying. We're going to have a pod of just one hour of you and Robbie Sabo just talking about old-school football. Old-school defensive football. <laughs> football. we got to get Robbie on soon. We should do that. 
I want that. I want to win. Uh, I want to put up 45. Every yeah, game. I do. I actually do because that's why I was pissed off at Adam Gase because he didn't want to do that. <laughs> but in theory, I like the you know the old 2009 Jets just beating the fuck out of people. All right, if you made it this far, don't forget to follow on Twitter, like and subscribe, rate and review. We have 62 ratings on iTunes, and I think 61 of them are five stars. We have one nice. four star. I think that I feel like I know fuck who that, that was. Um, fuck that guy. And then also, <laughs> I think our podcast hit 5,000 plus downloads. Yeah, good. good. I'm happy about it. Thank you guys for listening. Exactly. I have one more closing statement. Give it. Closing thought. So 11 years ago today, the Jets were winning 17 to 6 in the AFC Championship game against the Indianapolis Colts in the 2009 season. And right before halftime, and ended up losing, of course, 30-17. to 17. But, you know, Sean Green got hurt in that game, and he was, you know, came on as a rookie and had that big run to win the – to essentially win the Chargers game the week before. Mm-hmm. He got hurt near half. Sanchez was great. Threw that bomb to Braylon Edwards. Threw the touchdown to Keller. Then uh, Calvin Pace forced a fumble. A Jay Feely field goal. The Jets were up 17-6. to six. You know, you probably thought – probably thinking we're going to the Super Bowl and it just didn't work out, but cool anniversary. Didn't they quickly like they got to 17-6? I think that didn't the Colts drive right down the field? Yeah, like Dallas 10? Clark cut a touchdown like, right before Within the half. like two minutes. Then Green got hurt and Thomas Jones just added gas. It's similar to how I think in the 98 AFC Championship game. Very I think similar. One, I think once the Broncos got, or once the Jets got up 10 nothing or whatever, the Broncos immediately scored a touchdown to kind of make it get back into it, and then, of course, the kickoff happened where the wind took the ball. Uh, yeah, the Jets were up. But, and, and even in that game, the Jets were up by more points later in the game. So technically the closest the Jets have been to the Super Bowl was – well, actually, it's interesting. So just <laughs> before we leave, so the 98 Jets were up 10 nothing uh, with 12 minutes left in the third quarter. The 2010 Jets – we're down 24-19 with, what, three minutes left. So it's difficult to say which one, you know, who's closer to the Super Bowl. Because the Jets got the ball back in 2010. You probably, I mean, they could have won. Could be I, the Super Bowl. I have the hottest take, and I know it's not going to go over well. You don't think I, they I, scored? <laughs> I think it's like a, a foregone conclusion that the Jets got the ball back. It, it <laughs> It's not like... It w- it's like they would have scored automatically. It's like a... Yeah, like... <laughs> I guess they're the team of destiny, but it, it is said with like automatic certainty. You know, it's funny. If the Jets did get the ball back and did not score, we would have probably just wished that it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right. Oh man. Dude, fun as always. This is always, uh, this is therapy. I don't need to pay for therapy. I'll just do this once a week. This is awesome. All right, Mike, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Peace out. Good up. That was great. Wait, I think there's, there's a giant shark. Wait, stay, stay on, stay on.